Brett McMurphy, college football insider for Stadium Network, joins us right now. He's on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Brett, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good to talk to you. Thanks for coming back on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, your, your story surveying everybody uh, across uh, college sports about what's going to happen with this upcoming football season caught all of our eyes. I guess, first off, where did you first uh, get a, uh, a whiff of this? How did you start uh, pursuing this story? You know, actually, it was a couple weeks ago. I was just... You know, I was tired of everything. Every time I turned on the TV, looked somewhere, read something, it was all about the coronavirus. <laughs> and I was thinking, how can I come up with something about college football so people can talk, you know, talk about college football or think of something just for myself as a college football reporter. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to reach out to uh, all the ADs. And uh, I'm going to ask him what their thoughts are on the college football playoff. You know, do they think it should expand by how many teams? Um, who should be in the in a expanded playoff? Those sort of things. And I thought, okay, I'll, t- I'll reach out to all the ads and do that. So right before I got ready to do that, you know, the implication of the coronavirus kept getting more um, severe, I guess, that the cancellations kept getting pushed back further into the calendar. So I just thought, well, I'll throw in a question. How optimistic are you about the upcoming season? And so I reached out to all 130 ADs, 112 of those responded. And um, so yesterday I wrote the, the piece about how optimistic they are. Tomorrow I've got a, a piece at washstadium.com about what are some of the options that the ADs are looking at if, if the season can't start in in uh, in late August. And then next week, uh, the original reason for reaching out to these guys has to do with the playoff. I'll write my my findings, what they told me about their thoughts on the on the expansion of the playoff next week. So it wasn't some uh, you know great plan. It's just kind of like hey, I want to get people talking about college football and, you know, I wanted to reach out to the athletic directors. You know, I know, you know, I also value coaches' opinions, but, you know, athletic directors are a step below the presidents, and so they're right there on the front lines as far as making decisions. So those are the best people to go to, and, uh, you know, I appreciate all those that – that responded, and I thought it was is pretty eye opening, and you know, a lot of people th- think the same way. If if we can't have a football season, it's going to get really ugly for a lot of programs, whether it's Power Five, Group of Five, Independent. It it doesn't matter, and that's that's what's really scary when I talk to a lot of these athletic directors. Yeah, I think that you had a bunch of quotes there that were anonymous, obviously, and the one quote that jumped out among all of them, and there was many, is the one AD who said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, if we don't have a season, we're bleeped. I can't say the word, yeah. but we all know what the yeah. we know what the word is, so it looks like it's in a dire straight situation if they don't have it. Based on your information and conversations, uh, what do you think the percentage of a season not being had is, and do you think that they would go to almost virtually any extreme to make sure they have some kind of a season. Yeah, they will go to any extreme. And that's, that's what I'm, you know, I'm writing for tomorrow is basically, you know, what are the options? The options are you could, 
delay the season a couple months. And first off, the, the, the frustrating thing that with this is everyone's waiting to get the all clear. Everyone's waiting when the you know whenever we're told it's safe, whenever there's no more you know stay at home states, um, all these different things. Whenever that happens, then we can move forward. That's the frustrating thing for these athletic directors is they don't know when this will be. Will it be a week from now? Will it be a month from now? Will it be six months from now? Nobody knows. So if the season doesn't start in August, some of the options that the AD said that they're considering are, you know, um, playing conference, a conference-only schedule, which, you know, that would uh, still allow bowl games to happen, the college football playoff, all sort of those things. That, however, would be devastating to the group of five schools um, who, you know, have the one big money road game in the non-conference that would kill the FCS level because their entire budgets are centered around a, a you know million dollar payday when they go play a power five opponent um, other options would be making football a two semester sport some ADs suggested look if we can't start in August let's start as soon as we can if that's October November and then we'll play into February or March if we have to some other ADs suggested look if we can't play um, in the fall, then hey, let's ha- let's play in the spring, and you know it sounds comical, something I would have laughed at a couple couple of weeks ago, but you know that could be a reality. If we can't start the season until January, then the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl have the semifinals. Miami's got the national title game; those games could be going on around Memorial Day. But that's some of the the things that the ads are looking at and considering. But again, they don't know what they're going to do until they know when they can start this whole process. And so that's kind of that's kind of what's uh, got got them banging their heads against the wall. Um, and ultimately, everybody wants to get the season in um, because of the, the how much they depend on the the finances of the revenue generated from college football. Brett McMurphy joining us, College Football Insider for Stadium Network. Really interesting piece, talking to all the athletic directors. Uh, You can check it out at the Stadium Network. Uh, One thing that's floated, obviously, is this thought that it'll be a conference season only. What would happen to independence? Because obviously this would impact BYU. Um, You know, TV networks want to make money. BYU, Notre Dame. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the – again, there's so many – you know, I can say, well, they're considering this, and you could then ask me 50 questions, and I could say, I don't know. And that's kind of where we're at. I don't know. What would happen with BYU? What would happen with Notre Dame? I do know that Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, said the other day that, that all the Power 5 commissioners are speaking daily. And he said, basically, if there was a conference-only model, that the Power 5 conferences, which obviously would impact everybody else, would come to an agreement that that every conference among the Power Five, everyone else could do whatever they want, but I'm sure they would follow suit, would play either eight games or they would play nine games. Well, that's great, except three of the leagues, Power Five leagues, play nine conference games. Two of them play eight conference games. So are you going to get the the two that play eight to bump up to nine, or are you going to get the three that play nine bumped down to eight? Well, if I guess the best scenario for BYU would be that everyone plays 
nine conference games because that means the two leagues with eight would have to find an additional game, and certainly BYU would be an attractive opponent. Also, I'm guessing if they decided just to go with eight conference games, that I'm sure the independents would probably work together to schedule as best they could. Um, I'm sure the group of five, if the Power Five says we're going to play eight conference games, they all play eight conference games anyway, so they're not going to they're not going to say, well, no, we're going to play nine. They're not going to add games. Um, but again, there's so many different different factors and layers with this that you're right. You know, w- what happens with the independents in this scenario? Um, it, it's just it, it's a crazy time and, and stuff that we never thought we would have considered as far as in college athletics and college football. You know could become a reality again depending on whenever we get the all clear and and life can return to normal whenever that is so this is all hypothetical i know but i and i know you don't have specific answers but i just want to make sure that i'm understanding your hypothetical angle that you're saying here so you can correct me if i'm wrong and i I realize that there really is no right or wrong because we don't know what's going to happen that's the message that we're getting here from you obviously but what you're basically saying is if if these things any number of these things happen where it's not the normal schedule not 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 necessarily what time of year i'm speaking specifically to the scheduling of it as opposed to when and if they'll actually play but as far as the scheduling goes, you could see a, f- a scenario, and we're not holding you to it by any stretch, but anyway, you could see the scenario that the independents are overhauling their schedule and basically scheduling on the fly. Is that at least some semblance of accuracy? Well, absolutely. And I and let and going with the conference-only model, we'll, we'll go with that model. Okay. The, the Power Five conferences are going to have to adjust their schedules, too. Because some of these conference games are being played in September. So if the season can't start until October, even the conferences that play eight conference games are going to have to adjust their schedules on the fly. Everybody is going to have to adjust their schedules on the fly. They're going to have to move things around. Obviously, the conferences don't have as many as many um, games to move around as, say, obviously an independent um, but, yeah, a lot of these Power Five leagues, they play these September conference games. Those games would not be, obviously, would not be played in September. So now you got to move them to October, November, um, move them to October, November. Well, now you got to find dates that coincide with your opponent. And will that work? Because it, they both may not have the same open date. So, yeah, I think everybody will be working on the fly, which is kind <laughs> of, I mean, I'm not making this funny or laughing about it, but it it is comical kind of a way in that all these schools are scheduling games literally like 50, 50 years out, <laughs> and now they're going to have to redo their schedule literally in a matter of days. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's a great question, but everybody, not just the independents, would be having to change their schedules on the fly. And I actually think if – if – Games cannot be attended by fans if we're not if we're at that point where it's not safe for for fans to to, to be in large groups at, at games. So basically, we're just doing these games for TV. I really think that one option would be to play games every day of the week. 
If it's just for TV, move the games to every day of the week. Don't put 90% of your games on Saturday. Do like the MAC does in November and play every game, play games every day of the week, um, because at least then you could you get monster TV ratings, and then hopefully um, the TV networks could compensate some of these universities for moving these games to different days um, to generate some revenue to kind of offset the lost revenue they're going to get from from no uh, from no crowds. Again, there's a it's a great question, but that's just one of a, you know, you ask one question, you get, you, you go down a rabbit hole and get all these different offshoots. And that's what's kind of so, so fascinating and so frustrating with this whole situation. Brett McMurphy joining us, College Football Insider for Stadium Network. And so for people to just join us in the middle of the interview, this is really revenue driven. I've read that 80, 80% of the TV contract money that these conferences sign is based on football and 20% on basketball and whatever else. But 80% of it's football-driven. So when I hear you talk about the conference-only season, and I get that's the first thing an AD will say or a conference commissioner will say, but then I think, well, as they rework this, they're going to have conversations with ESPN and with Fox and, in the case of Notre Dame, with NBC. And... There is no way anyone at ESPN is going to tell the ACC, don't play those five games with Notre Dame. I mean, I just can't believe an ESPN executive is going to say that. So right away, there's going to be wiggle room. There's going to be an extra ACC team on five weeks that needs a game. Am I right? Well, it depends. If the, if, the, if we'll say the power, I mean, you can go two ways with that. If you say the, if you say the, con, again, I'm just going by what Bob Bowlesby said, and mm-hmm. I have no reason not to, not to believe him. He said the Power Five conferences will determine together whether they would have the same number of games. If they decide they're only going to have eight conference games, the ACC plays eight conference games, so I don't. That means you would have to drop a conference yeah. game to add Notre Dame, and they would have to. Again, all these rules that are in place now would have to get basically pushed to the side, or say, "Hey, you, we're not going to we're not going to hold you to them this year." They would have to basically make Notre Dame an ACC member for one season. Um, I mean, could that happen? Yes, I guess anything could happen. Again, these are desperate times, and it yeah. matters how desperate we are. Um, but yeah, but maybe because of your what you're saying about Notre Dame, maybe that says, well, let's go to nine games, and so that way, um, the ACC schools for their ninth game, everybody can play Notre Dame, and so that gets the ACC, you know, nine of the nine of the fourteen ACC schools play Notre Dame. So then Notre Dame gets their nine games in that way. Um, and then you'd have to have the the, uh, the SEC then would have to find, I guess, one non-conference game to get up to their ninth games. You could get the nine games that way. But if, if they're only going to play eight, then it's going to be tough for Notre Dame to be able to get those games from the power leagues because they will already be booked up with other conference opponents. If, I, I think that's what you asked me. Hopefully it was. <laughs> so your sense is, if for no other reason, and probably the main reason, is financially these these schools, these leagues, cannot afford to have college football. So they're going to overturn every stone possible to make sure there's some form of a college football season. 
Right, and that's why I think the spring's a real possibility. Look, I, I, I hope I'm wrong on this. I pray I'm wrong. I just, the way we are right now, you know, Duke has already canceled their summer camp on-campus um, classes. Wimbledon reportedly is going to be canceled or has been canceled. I, I haven't seen the latest. And that goes into mid-July. So we're already canceling stuff into mid-July. I, this is where I hope I'm wrong. I think it's I can't see these colleges and universities saying in the middle of August saying, okay, it's safe now. Bring all your 30, 40, 50,000 students back on campus from all over the world. It's safe to come back. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. Let's say I'm right. Well, that means all these kids are taking online classes. Well, if the student bodies aren't on campus, then how are you going to bring back the student-athletes? And if the student-athletes aren't on campus, you can't have a season. And so if that happens, then it gets pushed to the spring, and you play in the spring. Um, I just literally just got off the phone with a group of five athletic directors. He said there is a athletic director, excuse me, he said there was a president in his conference who suggested last week going ahead and announcing that they wanted to move their season to the spring. So, again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but they're already starting to consider these things because, again, no one knows when it's going to be we get, you know, the all clear to, to, for things to go back to normal. I hope I'm wrong about the, the schools and what goes on in the fall, but if, if we can't have the student bodies on campus, then we're not going to be able to have fans in the stands. Um, and so if that happens... I think moving to the spring is a real possibility because, yes, you know, it's going to conflict with the NFL draft. Yes, March Madness will be going on the same time as the as college football. Yes, there's a million other uncertainties. Yes, Trevor Lawrence may not want to play because he would he want to start a season in January when he's going to be the number one pick in April and he doesn't want to take a chance of an injury. Yeah, a lot of things like that are going to happen. Seniors may not want to play because they want to train for the NFL. There's a million offshoots of that. But the bottom line is the universities and the athletic departments cannot go without a year of not having the revenue of college football. Because no matter the greatest CFO in the world, there is no way anybody doing their budgets 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, said, you know what, we need to squirrel away X millions of dollars because we may not have a football season in 2020. Nobody ever thought that would happen. And so that's where we're at. And so people are kind of trying to come up with these contingency plans um, dependent on when everyone can move forward. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. A lot of unknowns, a lot of you know, this could happen or that could happen. And one thing's for certain, <laughs> there's nothing definite right now. All right. Well, that's a lot of information all at once, Brett. We appreciate it. And uh, hit us up again. you got two more stories coming up. Um, when are they going to When are they going to uh, drop and where? Yeah, so, th- so to, uh, Thursday at watchstadium.com. Obviously, I'll tweet them out at Brett underscore McMurphy is basically some of the options of what the ADs are considering if the season doesn't start in August. Um, and then next week, uh, next Tuesday, 
Um, I'll have my results of the survey of the athletic directors on what their thoughts are of the playoff moving forward. Will it be expanded? How many teams do they want in it? And more importantly, um, no big surprise, they do prefer an 18 playoff. More importantly, though, who do they think should be given bids in that 18 playoff, which was the one of the most fascinating things I found, especially when you look at the dif- dif- differing opinions between the power 5 mm-hmm. ADs and the non-power 5 ADs. So that's, that's next week. All right. We'll look forward to reading those. Brett, thanks a lot for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Brett McMurphy. Think about it. College football in March, April, and May. It could happen. When Mark Harlan says there's five plans, well, Brett McMurphy starts laying out some of the plans, and they were definitely thinking outside the box. But when 80% of your TV contract is based on football, you really need to play football because otherwise those TV networks, whether it's Fox or it's ABC, ESPN, uh, CBS, they're not going to give you that kind of money. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Action Plumbing. Call Action for your plumbing, heating, and air and electrical needs by calling 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the Win Ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Multi-platinum entertainer Chris Young is bringing his town a big enough World Tour 2020 out on the road this summer. Joined by special guests Scott McCurry and Peyton Smith. This is sure to be Chris's biggest show yet, and you don't want to miss it. Your chance to see him live is Wednesday, June 10th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or win them right now. Be caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 95340-ZONE, win the tickets right now. If the concert is held June 10th, you're set. If it's rescheduled, you got your tickets for when it's rescheduled. 855-340-ZONE. Caller number 12 right now. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time now to bring you up to date on everything that's happening and everything you've missed in this show, and it is all brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. The newest thing that happened uh, is that Wimbledon is officially canceled. That was leaked a couple days ago. I don't think that's any surprise, but it is now... Official. And also this morning during the show, uh, Salt Lake City uh, tweeting out that they're going to be opening uh, five courses tomorrow. Now, there'll be new restrictions, new rules. The clubhouses won't be open. The food won't be open. The holes will be above the ground. PK talked about that, having played at a city course before they closed with the holes above the ground. But uh, Forestdale and Nibley, Bonneville, Rose Park, and Glendale, those five will be opening. And PK, you golfed. It It changed everything about putting, didn't it? Changed your mindset. Yeah, they sent out. I guess I, I have uh, booked online, so I got that email last night, night that they that they were doing that. Uh, but yeah, that uh, the the 
at least in the city course, I did at Bonneville the day before it closed and ran into Lock and Boone, by the way, when, uh, when I was playing there. But they had the cup was just raised about two inches. So for me, it helped me putt more aggressively because you didn't have to worry about there was no such thing as a lip out. If you hit the thing, then it was considered good. And for whatever reason, man, I was honed in, focused on my putting and was able to hit where the pin would be because I wanted to make sure I was legitimate as possible. And it actually helped me be a much better putter. And we had lock on last Friday and we were talking about that and and, and, and increase the pace of play and all that stuff. You know, it would be interesting to see if changes come from that. I don't know that they'll do it all the time, but it was sort of fun. And uh, so that's good news for golfers who want to get back out on city courses uh, starting tomorrow. And interestingly enough, it was just last night I was on social media and saw that San Diego County closed the last few golf courses that were remaining there. Uh, it's a patchwork of private and city courses and all that. And so the county shut everybody down, and some were already shut down. So everybody trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. But there you go. That's what's, that's what's been new during those two things uh, with Wimbledon getting canceled and the city courses uh, getting opened, altered, but opened. Are uh, the two things that broke during the show. Uh, we just played uh, Brett McMurphy. Also today, we had Larry Kristoviak and Mark Pope on talking basketball. Give me a takeaway, your favorite one, for someone who's just joining the show now. Remember, if you're just joining the show, you can listen to everything online at, uh, at, 90, at uh, 1280thezone.com. Go to audio, and the whole show, every show, is archived there. But uh, takeaway for anything you really, you, something new you took out of this today with all the interviews. Uh, well, uh, Brett McMurphy surveying over 100 athletic directors at the Division One level in college football. Uh, they're going to try to get in this season whatever manner they can possibly get in. And that goes against, uh, it's well, not completely, but somewhat against the Herb Street's thing saying that they would cancel the season. I think Herb Street, when he was speaking, was saying they would cancel the season as we know it, which would be in the fall. And so, yeah, I can see that. And so they may have to play in the spring. It'll be very entertaining. Uh, boy, it, uh, to play spring football, maybe if, if it started in January or February, finally, at Sun Devil Stadium, it would be comfortable to go to a day game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time believing. Well, I guess we shouldn't rule anything out. I have a hard time believing they would start it in January, February. I can see a lot of schools going, whoa, whoa, whoa. as long as we're getting off the traditional schedule, you know, <laughs> Northwestern and Illinois and Wisconsin are like, what? What are you well, thinking? Can we build a dome real quick? Yeah. No, what, what they were going to do, like in Ve- the NBA, they're going to play it in Vegas, so just have games every day, <laughs> like two, three games a day, every day in Tempe. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything in San Diego with the Chargers gone. Just beat that thing into the ground. Yeah, you can have several locations. Out. Right, exactly. In the Southwest, certainly. It yeah. certainly does seem like a uh, March, April, May, or February, March, April, somewhere in there. February is yeah, still but, I mean, rough. I don't think you can go that far into it because then you have to worry about the following season. You so you'd yeah. want as much time off between the seasons as possible. So that was one thing from Brett, and that's a great interview. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go ahead and get on our website and play it because I thought that was uh, highly interesting and informing. And then Christobiak, you know, he said I threw him a curveball on the cheating, but – it's just rampant. I mean, it is rampant out there. And I thought what he said was this. I've always enjoyed talking to him 
away from the hey, tell us about that game type thing. You know, his post game interviews. He's got to talk about the game. But if you get an ever ever get an opportunity to talk to Larry about issues and stuff that's going on, you know, he's a great interview that way. I would have liked to have him for a couple more segments because oh, yeah. here's a guy who was three time player of the year in the Big Sky. He played college basketball. He played in the NBA, and he's coached at both levels. He's got all sorts of varied experience, and he's articulate. And so to hear him talk about, well, he didn't want to name names, but they're hiring guys who are known cheaters, and they keep getting jobs. And that's for sure. You can name several of them. He didn't want to say Patino, but Patino. Uh, Patino's just one of them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's there's plenty of other guys who have been in trouble and still have gotten jobs. They just maybe sit out a year or two and then they come back in. Patino might be a poster child, but he's not, he's well, not alone. It's not on it's not on any one person. And to Larry's point, that it's systemic. If there's no real penalties, then a lot of people are going to do it. And you can go back to UCLA's dynasty and Sam Gilbert and the LA Times story in the '70s, which documented what was happening in the '60s. There's literally evidence of more than 50 years of this with multiple boosters, multiple teams, multiple coaches. And at that point, shoe companies weren't a factor. And I think even if you clean everything else up, shoe companies who are beyond the reach of the NCAA are always trying to find the next MJ, the next Kobe, the next LeBron, the next whoever can sell a gazillion shoes. And so you can spot these guys when they're 14, 15, and 16. Everybody knew about LeBron when he was 16 years old, and he's not the only one. There's always a 16-year-old out there who's a phenom. Remember the uh, Bobby Knight, uh, was it Damon Bailey, an eighth grader? And he said, every, that eighth grader is better than everybody on this team. And he told his team that. When you can spot kids in the eighth, ninth, and 10th grades, Apparel companies are always going to invest in them. And that means giving them money. And that breaks the NCAA rule right there before they've ever signed with a school. I think it's systemic. I think it's been going on for 50 years. I don't see how to clean it up except to just change the rule and make it legal for apparel companies to give them cash. Because they're going to do it. I don't see how they're going to stop it. Uh, well, I don't know that stopping anything is possible, right. but the market is uh, what limiting it, is. it, reducing it, and having it be as fair as it could possibly be. But Larry, uh, very, very insightful as far as what he had to say on that. And I, and I hope he wasn't upset by my line of questioning because I really wanted his take on what he had to say on that because he is, he's witnessed it. He's literally witnessed it. And he knows exactly what he's talking about. Well, for people who don't have as much access to, to uh, coaches and ADs as you and I have, and they've told us stuff right to our faces, I mean, multiple stories. And if you get a chance to hear, if not see the whole HBO thing, at least hear some of the clips. And they're all that on social media. I saw two of them last night. Uh, you know, they, they got the LSU and Arizona coach. Go on Twitter. Um, search uh, The Scheme on Twitter. And you will find those clips and just listen to those, you know, 90, 60, 90 second clips, whatever they are. And then tell us what you think they're talking about. (laughs) What do you think is going on? What could possibly be going on? We also had uh, Mark Pope on. Your takeaway from him. Uh, Pope's actively recruiting. Uh, He wants to explore the graduate 
transfer market as much as possible. And I absolutely think of all the schools out there, given all the rules and regulations that BYU has, the transfer rule for them is really set up nice because there's a huge difference between 18 and 22. And you can get somebody to come in and say, listen, man, we're going to play a big-time schedule. We're going to have fifteen to 18,000 people here at most of our games. We're going to play Gonzaga three times, hopefully. And you'll be on TV a bunch. And so, yeah, these rules may be a little bit different, but you're just going to be here for a short time, and you can handle it, son, because there's going to be so much benefit coming your way that it just makes sense. And I know that the school's been working, the athletic department, and trying to get guys who can get into the programs there as graduates and so he's he's diving into just about anybody who's any good there as far as the transfer rule because that really should be right up BYU's alley because you can get a kid in there and even if those rules are just absolutely foreign to you it's only a few months and then don't get caught anyway, and then you're fine. (laughs) So uh, that's something that, and I already knew that, but I think he amplified that, and I appreciate that he's trying to get as uh, a most difficult schedule that he can, even if it means two-for-ones, because that has been a long-standing issue with Majerus used to talk about that all the time, trying to get teams into the Huntsman Center, man. It was so difficult to do. Uh, there was a reason why, you know, he wanted in the L.A. market, but it was most – and that time, obviously, SC and, and UC Los Angeles weren't in the same conference. But there was a reason why they were always playing Irvine and Long Fullerton. Beach and Fullerton yep. and Pepperdine and whoever. so forth. Yeah. Yeah, because, they, I mean, they couldn't get in, get those other teams to come back. And so Utah was of the stature that they shouldn't be having to do two-for-ones. But Mark is willing to do that if he can get some guys, some big-name teams in. Now, I suspect he ought to get Iona in because he's been buddies with Patino, and he played for Patino uh, 20-some years ago. So that would be sort of cool. Uh, Whatever you think of Patino, and and I get it, uh, you're, you're right in thinking as far as the term dirty, but he can recruit and get players, and he knows what he's doing. And that would be fun if they can get Patino in there, even if they got him at the Viv and Smart Home, however they can do that. So, yeah, and how is he going to play all these big guys? Because now, you know, they were shorter this year, but next year they're going to be taller. They're going to be one of the tallest teams, if not the tallest team out there. How's everything going to fit in? And, and anytime you can spend time with Mark Pope, you're better off for it because the guy is just a walking ball of enthusiasm. And the thing about it is it's real enthusiasm. It's not phony for the sake of trying to get players and uh, increase and fatten his wallet. It's just who he is. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines are brought to you by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Step back. Hand of the face three. Bakes it in. Another big three for the Vipers. What? What's it look for? That was you calling a Stars win. No, no, they lost. Oh, that's right. You as the Stars broadcaster are happy about the Vipers beating the Stars. And bakes it in. Woo! I hope Jonathan Reinhardt heard that. Austin, are, are we ready? It's not formal, but we've come to an agreement, and I, I think we're ready to announce that Austin will be broadcasting the game tonight. The call should have been, he made it. I can't believe you made it. Ah, oh, that sucks. That's too bad. Oh, well, ah. get him tomorrow night. Your homer call of the week, and you weren't even with the <laughs> team. <laughs> 
Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I think this is the beginning of the end of traditional conferences. It makes much more sense to have football conferences and then non-revenue sports in their own conferences closer together with less travel. There will be football this fall in every college stadium. Book it. Wow, there's some confidence right there. Book it. That comes in from K. Comes from K, Yach says. K? All right. Book it. <laughs> Feedback of the day is brought to you like by his enthusiasm. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only three fifty nine per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at nine ninety nine South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. I think people who don't care a, even a little bit about college football hope K is right. Book it, because if it is, if he is right, if it can happen, if it's safe for that to happen, think what that means for. All, all other sorts of stuff. If 50,000 people can go into a stadium, well, then 50 people can go into a restaurant. So if you don't like college football at all, it doesn't matter. You better hope Kay's right because that means a lot of good things all across society. Well, 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 first of all, first of all, as Charles Barkley would say, first of all, if you, if you don't like college football, What's wrong you're not you? listening to us. <laughs> you're not listening to us. <laughs> we can have I mean, every thing. single one of our uh, – we do, but – I don't think that uh, the large majority of NBA fans, I don't think there's many who don't like college football in our market, yeah. maybe throughout the wor- uh, country, Other markets, but in yeah. our market, those are the two there's things that drive us. Yeah, big time. All right, other people uh, tweeting in and uh, go- <laughs> going at us here. Uh Robert says, uh, I'm not surprised that Wimbledon was canceled. I almost expected you to post an April Fool's with that Wimbledon was going ahead as scheduled. Well, I mean, just go ahead. and Instead of canceling it, just get Nadal and Federer out there and have them, or Djokovic and have them play and settle it. Televise an exhibition somewhere. Let the two, well, uh, just call it two guys who are always in the final anyway, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we been able to predict three of the four semifinalists like basically forever, assuming they're healthy? There's no difference in college football, uh, the tennis. Final Four, to and tennis. tennis. It's right. the same teams, the same yeah. guys every time. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Federer, Nadal, State, Djokovic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there it is. All right, we're out of time. Right. Tony and Austin are up next. We'll see you tomorrow.